Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Jason Wong. I think some of you remember me. I was here about probably two years ago, and I'm glad to be back. Uh, just that uh, uh, now it's virtually. Uh, today, my topic is on missional families. I think every church wants to be missional. I believe that to have a missional church, we need to also have missional families. And if we talk about families, we need to go back to the beginning, which is the Garden of Eden, which is Genesis chapter 1. Now, let me just read a couple of verses uh, to you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. You know, after God created the heavens and the earth, of course, on the sixth day, he God created man, which is the most important of all creations. And then from man, male and female, and then asking men and women to be fruitful. Now, so I would like to describe, in this next slide, you can see the order of relationships. So there are three key relationships. God created man, so there's a God and man relationship, male and female. So there's a husband and wife relationship. And God said, be fruitful. That means have children. And that's where we get parents and children and children and parents relationship. And from here, God said, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Now, if the church wants to be missional, then we need to have families that are missional. Question I would like to ask all of us is that, when families are missional, we need to have missional relationships. You know, if I were to spend one week in your family, if I were to spend one week in your home, staying with you, will I walk away asking myself, wow, what a family. When I look at a husband and wife relationship, will I say, wow, this marriage is just amazing. You know, I want to know this God that they know. But how often do we give people that kind of experience where they really encounter God just by being with us, being with the husband and wife, being with the parents and the children. Now, so I want to touch on missional relationships. And of course, the three relationships, God-man relationship, man-woman relationship, and parent-child relationship. Now, whenever we talk about parent-child, I will usually read this verse from Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. So I'm going to start with parent-child relationship. Right, because the uh, downstream is parent-child, midstream is marriage, upstream is God and man. You know, xia liu, zhong liu, shang liu. Very often, when I talk to parents, they say, "Well, my children got problem." Then I say, mm, "Maybe it is your marriage." Then, of course, when I talk about the marriage, I realize that usually it's the upstream problem. It's their own relationship with God Himself. So when we talk about turning hearts of parents to the children and turning hearts of children to the parents, you know. Parent-child relationship, the hearts are supposed to be turned towards one another. But how often that is the case? Very often when I talk to parents, they say their children have turned away, especially when they have older children. When I talk to teenagers, they say their parents, oh wow, you know, so harsh and so, 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 uh, there's so much hypocrisy, you know, they say one thing, they do another. You know, hearts are turning away from each other. And when the family relationships are not strong, can a family be missional? When the world outside look at our families, will they see God? Will they see Jesus? 
or it's all bluff. Now, so I want to talk to you about parent-child relationship now. You know, sometime in March, towards the end of March, I think that government introduced some restrictions and then followed by the circuit breakers. You know, at the time, um, they talk about uh, 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 mass gathering are not allowed and there was one thing I believe really uh, caught parents by surprise and that is where tuition centres and all religious services to be suspended. You know, for some of us who are Christians, we say, oh, uh, tam, 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 you know, the church is suspended, cannot come to church. But I also know a lot of parents, they are not so worried about the church being suspended, but the tuition centres being suspended. Now, I want to address this. You'll be wondering how come, you know, on a Sunday morning I talk about tuition. No. I want to talk about academics. I want to talk about exams. I want to talk about, uh, you know, the homework, the spelling, because this is one issue that's, that caused parents and children hearts to be turned away from each other or where sometimes turned against each other. You know, I can tell you, when that happens, the family is not very missional because we are no different from a family that doesn't know God. Let me elaborate. There's this verse that most families, most parents will re remember Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Right? I'm sure if you're a parent, you will remember this. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you remember this. Train up a child in the way that he should go, so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I, I must tell you, there was a time that I misunderstood this verse because I thought, train up a child in the way that I want him to go. Train up a child in a way that, oh, my wife and I want him to go. No, the Bible actually says, train up the child in a way that he should go, in a way that God has purpose, God has designed, God has planned for this child to go. Very often, parents fall, in the, fall into this trap. I have unfulfilled dreams. I wanted to be a doctor, but I can't. I want my child to be a doctor. I wanted to be a lawyer, I can't. I want my child to be a lawyer. I wanted to play the piano, but I never had the opportunity, so my children must play the piano. You know, our children start to fulfill the unfulfilled dreams that we want to fulfill for ourselves. That is not what God has intended. You know, that's where the tension comes. Exams, homework, you know, PSLE. Now, I want to share with you my own journey because I'm <laughs> I'm also a normal father. I struggle you know, as a husband. So I'm going to share with you my own journey. Now, you look at this photo on the screen. Father-daughter photo. Now, this photo was taken not on PSLE day, but when the results were out. You can see both of us, father smiling, daughter smiling. I know that PSLE has just over you know, in the recent weeks and in a couple of man months' time, some of you are going to get the results for PSLE, right? Well, I had my fair share as well. That day when the PSLE results were released, we were happy. Look at my daughter, the face smiling. I, my face smiling. And of course, my wife was, was taking the photo for, for us. It was good results, right? Obviously, the results were not too bad. But that was PSLE. Trust me, after so many years, I realized that PSLE is not the most important exam in the world. A lot of parents think that this is the most important exam. No, it is not. Now, after PSE, of course, go to secondary school. My daughter went to a pretty good secondary school. In fact, skip all levels, integrated program. Only the top few percent will get to do that. But that was when all hell broke loose. Her results, her marks just started to change color <laughs> from blue to red. And then I got worried. My wife got worried. 
but I believe that God has special plans for my daughter. God has a, 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 a design and created my daughter for a, for a calling, for a destiny. So I began to look at her differently. Instead of looking at her marks, I look at her gifts, her talents. So I spoke to her, I said, you know, girl, you're not good in biology, you're not good in chemistry. So, you know, she almost had to stay back in JC1. JC1, junior college first year, she almost had to stay back and couldn't move up to the second year. So as a father, I just needed to speak life into her. So I said, girl, you're not good in chemistry, you're not good in biology, you're not good in math. And then she looked at me and said, dad, I know now, what are you trying to tell me? I said, but, 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 you're good with your children. Remember the cell group, whenever the cell come together, you know, the children will, will run to you. They always run to you because you are the big daddy, they love you. And then you have compassion. You told me, right, your friends, whenever they have problems, your classmates, they always come to you for counselling, even though you're not a counsellor. You have compassion. That is, that is special. And then you have leadership. You have leadership qualities, right? You are the vice captain of your, of, of your school's uh, 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 floorball team. And then she smiled, she felt better, and suddenly she looked down again and she looked at me, she said, Dad, but the school never gives marks for all these things, you know. Well, I said, that's true. But of course, I need to remain positive because she was spiraling downwards. And then I told her, but in life, these are important. This is how God has wired you. This is how God has gifted you. I'm sure one day God will use it for His purposes, for His missional purpose. And that was when, uh, when after her A-levels, I sat down with her. I said, I'm not sure what the results will be, but anyway, you are gifted with children. Maybe, maybe, why don't you, you try childcare centre? There are lots of jobs now in the early childhood sector. Then she said, Dad, yeah, not bad. Maybe I should give it a try. So I'll call up a friend who runs the kindergarten. I said, can my daughter come and uh, do some internship here? And she said, come. So my daughter went there for one month, came back, you know, so we processed, we sat down, I processed with her. I said, girl, how, how, how? Early childhood, early childhood? Say, Dad, you know, I love children, but wow, too many children, uh, running around, cannot take it. I said, hey, girl, I thought you love children. What happened? She said, but uh, Dad, uh, whenever I saw the child a bit quiet, this child get bullied, and then this child got special needs, I will always go to the child. I will spend time with that one child. I said, oh, I know. Kindergarten, many children. One-to-one -one is child psychology. So I decided, girl, maybe it's psychology. Maybe you want to be a, a child psychologist. So call up another friend, went there for two weeks, came back, sat down. She said, Dad, it takes six years, too long. And anyway, kind of long story short, now she's a speech therapist. She graduated with good honours and she's working in the hospital, working with children. You know, so that's, I want to share this with you because train up a child in the way that he should go, in the way that she should go, in the way that God has designed, God has purpose then she can become missional. You know, this other slide i like to share is, uh, it says, you know, you look at this cartoon, all the animals standing in one row. For a fair selection, everybody has to take the same exam. Please climb that tree. Now, is it fair? Is it fair for the elephant to climb the tree? <laughs> is it fair for the fish or a dog to climb a tree? Only the monkey can climb the tree very well. You know, from the genius himself, which is Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein said this once, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. You know, we are all created in God's image. God has given us special gifting and talents. No one is stupid. Everyone is precious. And I always tell people when they say, oh, but you know, I am no good, I'm lousy. I say, look at Nick Vujicic. No hands, no legs. He is world famous. <laughs> 
He is missional. He's living his life purposefully. This is a family photo when my children were younger. I want to show this photo to you because as parents, if you want to have a missional family, we need to keep observing our children that God has given to us. Is there a special talent or a gift hidden inside waiting for us fathers and mothers to help them to discover, to speak life, to help them calling out their gifting and their destiny? You know, back to Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, I will send you prophet Elijah. He will turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the hearts of the children to the parents. Now, now I want to move to not just turning hearts of parents to the children, that means don't look at them like exam marks, don't look at them, whether what marks they get, compare them with their friends, you know, how come your cousin can, you cannot, never, because every child is special, every child is gifted. Turn your heart back to your child, the way God has intended. We also need to turn our children's hearts back to the parents, including us, because many of us have parents. We need to turn our hearts back to our parents, back to our father and mother as well. That would be a missional family relationship. You know, there was one time I was talking to a young man, I was mentoring him, and he was going on and on complaining about the father. I mean, I mean, I can empathize with him. I mean, not every father, not every mother is a good mother or good father. But in his case, it was, it was quite bad. So each time I met with him, he would be complaining about his dad. And I didn't know what to do anymore. And, and I remember as he was going on, I was just having a silent prayer in my spirit. I said, God, please give me wisdom. How do I help this, this young man? And that was when God dropped a question into my head and I asked him. I said, young man, do you know how your father was fathered by his father? And that was when he looked at me, he kept quiet. He said, Jason, I know what you're trying to tell me. I said, I don't know what I'm trying to tell you. So what, what is coming to your mind? He said, well, my grandfather was also a bad father to my father. And that was when I looked at him and I said, do you know, we cannot give what we have not received? You know, if I receive love, I can give love. But if I receive pain from my parents, I may have no choice but to pass down some of this pain because I am empty. I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to give. I myself am empty inside. You know, that was when I led him to forgive his father because he understood that the father needs love too. You know, so I, I put it here in this slide. We cannot give what we have not received. But the beautiful thing is that as Christians, we have God, our Heavenly Father, always pouring His love into us. You know, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love because He first loved us. You know, I think in a missional family, in a missional relationship within the family, we have love for each other because God loved us. And with that love, we can give some to our spouse, give some to our children, and give some to our parents because we love because He first loved us. You know, as you can see, look at this photo in front of you. All the fathers coming together for a prayer gathering. Uh, these are fathers from different churches. You know, every uh, other week they will come together. All these fathers want to turn their hearts towards their children. But there was this father, I want to tell you, tell you his story. At the bottom right of this slide, you can see a smiley face that's Frank. I'm also in the photo. You know, 
Frank has become a better and better father as a result of coming together to learn about fathering with other fathers. But he realized that Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6 also talk about turning hearts of children back to their parents. And God was speaking to him. You know why? Because when he was young, 11 years old, the father actually left him and started another family in another country. Now, I never knew his full story because I guess he wasn't ready to talk about it. So early this year, in February, I was invited to Miri, Malaysia, to help two churches to start a father's movement in these two churches. So I, I asked around, I said, anybody want to follow me? Maybe to help me, but also to observe and to learn. Maybe you can learn something just by coming along with me. So Frank raised up his hand and said, Jason, I want to follow you. I want to help you. I also want to learn from, from you. I said, great, come. Now, so we were at the airport, we flew, and on the way there, he told me a secret. He said, Jason, I had another reason why I'm coming with you. I said, what's the other reason? He said, well, my father is actually in Miri now. He's 70 over years old. Of course, this young, this man, this Frank is already 40 years old with three children. And he told me that I never saw my father for a number of years. I realized that he is there now with another family. I'm ready to turn my heart back to him. And I said, wow. I said, Frank, that's just amazing, you know. Let's pray. Let's pray that you will get to meet him. And then he said, I actually messaged him. I found out about his phone, phone number. I messaged him, but he hasn't replied. Last few days, he has not replied me. And he was really down. And I said, mm, let's believe. Let's believe that a miracle will happen. So when we landed, we passed through customs and we were about to come out to the gates. And I told him, you know, the church, the church is going to send a driver. Uh, so maybe we can see the driver. No, don't worry. This weekend, see what happens. And so as the, the custom doors opened up, we saw this man smiling at us and I, I, I started to walk faster in front of him, in, in front of Frank. And I told him, hey, the driver is here, let's go, let's go. And Frank just stretched forth his hand and held onto my shoulder and pulled me back and said, no, 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 Jason, that's not the driver, that's my father. I said, wow. And immediately I told Frank, this weekend, you don't have to help me. You spend all the time you can with your dad. Turn your heart back to him. And so that weekend, the father and son just turned their hearts towards each other. The dad asked him for forgiveness. In fact, I had the opportunity to speak to the father. And the father told me in confidence and privately at one corner, he said, you know, Jason, I have been a bad father. I have been a bad husband. I did things that I shouldn't have done. I regretted. In fact, now I'm attending church, but I never believe that God can forgive me for the things that I've done. And then I look at him, I say, I'm sure God has forgiven you because your son is now able to forgive you. And he said, yeah, if not for my son forgiving me, I will not be able to be set free from this guilt and shame. And so that was a wonderful weekend of turning hearts of father and a son towards each other. And the father offered to send us to the airport on a Monday morning after we finished uh, doing what we needed to do over there at the weekend. And on the way to the airport, I remember Frank looked at me and said, Jason, we always talk about father's blessing, father's blessing. I've been blessing my children, but I never received a blessing from my own father. So I'm going to ask my father to bless me later at the airport. I said, please do that. So at the airport, again, custom doors, before we walk in, we put down the luggage. He took the opportunity. He turned to his father and said, Father, can you bless me? So this 70 over year old father looked at the son. And then he looked at me and said, Jason, 
how do I do a blessing? I've never done a blessing for my son before. So I gave him a two-minute tutorial. You know what's a blessing? A blessing is basically speak whatever is on God's heart for our children. When we bless someone, we are actually releasing what is on the father's heart for this child of, 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 of God. And so he got it. He turned away from me. He put his arms around Frank and he started releasing words of blessing, words that have been, should have been spoken 30, 40 years ago. But it's never too late. Blessing his health, blessing his children, blessing his marriage, blessing his business. Such a wonderful image. And I thank God I, I took a photo. In fact, I, I recorded it on the short video. Father blessing his son. Hearts of father turn to the children. Hearts of children turn to the parents. You know, recently at the day of his power, I'm sure some of you know every year, Love Singapore, you know, we'll have this 40 day of uh, prayer. And at the end, gather everybody. Uh, and then we will pray for the nation, pray, pray for uh, 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 different aspects of our country. And this year, I was asked to participate in the segment. Of course, it is all via, you know, virtually. And uh, pray for the segment on family. So I was involved in that. And I was preparing myself and I asked the Lord, God, can you speak to me? Is there a word you want to release to the churches in Singapore? And I saw this picture, you know, wedding Champagne glasses, you know, when the wedding couple, they always pour the champagne and then they will overflow from the top, you know, to the bottom. I look at the top, being filled and overflowing. I look at the bottom, empty, waiting to be filled. And that was when God spoke to me. There are many of us. We are like orphans, waiting for the love to be poured into us. And, and that's where I want to encourage all of us. Father God has more than enough love to pour into us. So when we receive the love from the Father God, we can offer this love to our wife, to our husband, to our children, even to our parents. I've spoken about the parent-child relationship. Importantly, how we can turn our hearts towards each other because when that happens, we can be a missional family. Now I want to talk about the husband and wife relationship. Husband and wife relationship. You know, I spoke to a father recently. He reached out to me. He has young children, two. And of course, husband and wife, lots of quarrels. And uh, the good thing is that he was willing to seek help. And he spoke to me that this past week, something just happened. Immediately I asked him, your children, are they okay? And then he looked at me, he said, you know, my two children actually told me, in fact, they asked me the question, do you think God is real? Two young children in lower primary school asking the father, do you think God is real? And the father was surprised because they've been going to church. They even have family devotion. The father read the Bible to the children. But when the children asked the father, do you think God is real? The father asked, why do you ask this question? And that was when one of the two children replied to the father and said, if God is real, how come you and mommy always quarrel? You know, if you want to be a missional family, we need to have missional relationship. And the husband and wife relationship is actually very key. You know, the COVID, the circuit breaker, the, the well, in Malaysia is MCO, movement control order, in other countries is lockdown. You know, during the lockdown, during the circuit breaker, a lot of people think that, wow, you know, now that the married couples are staying together, cannot go out, maybe there will be a baby explosion, <laughs> more babies, right? But in China, the first country that went into lockdown, you guess what happened? Divorce explosion. There was so much conflict, so much friction 
in the family because for the first time they cannot get away from each other. You know, at Focus on the Family in July, uh, we did a survey as well, about 600 respondents, and I just share with you some findings. Concerning daily interactions with spouse, that means husband and wife, uh, are they interacting? 37% say they are not talking or doing things together. They are in the same house, but 37 say not talking, not doing things together. And 6% leading completely separate lives. I mean, that is sad. Conversations. 35% say conversations with spouse is lacking. 7% say it's cold. Love tank. 27% say constantly depleted. That means there's leaking. And 10% say always empty. Conflict with spouse. 15% said uncomfortable talking about conflict. 22% said having harsh arguments or cold wars with their spouse most of the time. I can guarantee that some of these are happening within Christian couples as well, within Christian marriages as, as well, because I'm hearing them. You know, to be a missional family, missional marriage, we need to have missional relationship. I want to share with you how to have a missional marital relationship. You know, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12 is a passage that I used for my wedding 28 years ago. In fact, this month is going to be, oh, rather, sorry, next month. Next month is going to be my 28th wedding anniversary. And I constantly always go back to the Bible passage that we use for our wedding. Let me read to you. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. So isn't it wonderful? No, this is what a missional marital relationship looks like. One falling, the other one helping this one up. One is cold, the other one coming together will keep warm. When one is overpowered, who can defend themselves. And of course, the last line is most beautiful. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You know, when God created man and woman, God, man, woman, you can see it is meant to be a tripartite relationship. God, man, and woman. It will be three strands, three cords. Hence, it is not easily broken. Now, I can tell you that I'm not a perfect husband. I have my ups, I have my downs, I have my weaknesses. But if not for God in the center of our marriage, I think we would have a lot more quarrels. Let me share with you one of the incidents that took place some years ago when my children were still young. I was very busy at work. I was chasing after my career. I mean, I, 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 it was a calling, right? I mean, some of you know, I, I work in the prisons and it was a calling for me and I needed to give my best. And one day I was attending a meeting. It wasn't going anywhere. I was quite angry. But I'm a nice guy. I don't get angry in front of other people. So what do you do? You bottle up everything inside. And so when I come home, you know, there are two ways to let it out. One way is shout and scream and bang table. The other way is just de-stress in front of a box. You know, men are attracted to boxes, iPod, iPad, refrigerator, uh, you know, uh, 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 newspapers. I was attracted to my box, which was the television. And so I was distressing. I was watching a funny program. I was laughing. My wife came out and said, come home, watch TV. Never help out with the children. Always watch TV. And I was just distressing. I mean, I don't want to tell my wife all my work problems. So that night we didn't talk. We had a quarrel. 
a silent quarrel. Next day, I went back to work. I was clearing my emails and then, <laughs> guess what? My wife sent me an email. I was wondering why did she need to send me an email? No choice, I have to. Open up and read, long email. And she was basically complaining, nagging, you know, that I was doing, you no, know, she was busy doing this, doing that. I come home, watch TV, I didn't help. I was like, blah, 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 blah. And that was when I felt offended, of course. I wanted to defend myself. I was crafting in my head a email to send back. Before I could type it out, God stopped me. In fact, I heard a voice from God and, and God said, don't you dare. I said, God, why not? You know, I, was, I also have a terrible day. Can't I just watch TV? And God said, you should have come to me, not your television. I said, that's true. Anyway, if you argue with God, you will lose. So I took out my smartphone. I typed, I'm sorry. I will never watch TV again. Send. After I sent, I regretted straight away <laughs> because the smart Jason Wong told myself, I should have said I will never watch so much TV again. Why did I say I will never watch TV again, you know? I was telling myself that maybe tonight when I go home, I will tell my wife I missed out a few words, but I didn't because God led me to read the last paragraph of an email where she said, Jason, everybody knows you, everybody respects you, you are a leader in the church, you, you, you know, outside the street, sometimes ex-prisoners bring their family to, to, to you and, and thank you for helping them while they were in prison. And however, how you are at home, nobody knows. I'm not a bad, I'm just, once in a while, I just watch TV only. But husband and wife quarrel, uh, it's, it's, it's like that, right? And then she went on to say, whenever we quarrel, she has nobody to talk to. And I thought to myself, hey, she has all the ladies in the cell group, her own family members, her sisters, you know. She has so many people to talk to. How come she said she has nobody to talk to when we quarrel? And that was when she went on to explain. I do not want to tell anybody about our problems because I do not want you to look back in front of them. You know, when I read that, I started to repeat to cry. In fact, I, I went to the, my office door, I, had to, I was the chief executive officer of a statutory board at the time. I locked my door because, can you imagine, my staff walked in and said, CEO, why are you crying? I was repenting before the Lord because the God just convicted in me that if you want to be a missional family, you have to love your wife. If, and that was when I said, God, as Christ loved the church, I shall love my wife, but you die for your church. You want me to die for my wife? Silence. I told you, you know, when you argue with God, God will not even want to talk to you anymore. And I knew that I needed to go home and be a better husband. And as I was driving home, this sentence dropped into my head, no point being a hero outside and a zero at home. You know, we can be a missional, I, I, can, I can save a lot of souls, I can, I can preach, I, I can be an evangelist, but it's all bluff. It's all bluff if my marriage relationship is not missional if my family relationships is not missional. You know, I'd like to read uh, from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 to 33. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. You see, the marriage is supposed to reflect Christ and the church. It's, a mystery. it's, it's meant to be missional. It's meant to reflect Christ and his relationship with the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. You know, the most beautiful marriage vow that I've ever witnessed was not a young couple, <laughs> romantic, you know, flowers on the stage, you know, music at the back, and uh, saying the vow for the first time to each other. The most beautiful marriage vow that I had witnessed was spoken 
by a couple in their 70s celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, golden a jubilee anniversary. I was invited, it was a nice hotel, quite a number of tables, and this old couple went out to the stage and they said, we want to say the marriage vow again to each other. We want to recommit ourselves to each other. I thought, after so many years, you want to recommit, I mean, but there's a reason behind. As they were talking about, uh, as they were reciting the vow, for richer or for poorer, for better or for worse, in sickness or in health, till death do us part. There was no dry eye in the room. You know why? Because the 70 over year old lady who was on stage was wearing a wig. She was having cancer going through chemotherapy. Whether she made it or not, nobody knows. But that vow to each other is like in sickness and in health, for better or for worse. Till death do us part. You know, that is the kind of commitment we are supposed to have in the marriage. And that's what Christ is to the church. Christ is going to come back for the church. Christ never abandoned the church. Christ never gave up on the church. Even the church has, has not been what God has intended for us to be, isn't it? So that is the kind of marriage relationship that God wants, it, uh, wants for us. Lastly, let us move even further upstream, our God and man relationship. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, verse 27, it says, In the beginning, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. You know, many of us are parents. Have you ever had someone coming to you and say, Hey, your son look like you. Eh? Wow, your son look like you. Or someone will say, Hey, your daughter, your daughter look like you. Because our children are in our image. Our children are created by us. And then they reflect us. So when God said we are created in his image, God is basically saying we are his children. We are supposed to reflect him. But how often do we actually hear of people coming to us and say, wow, when I see you, I see God, man. You know, sometimes in the marketplace, I get to hear someone will say, hey, you mean, you mean the guy up there is a Christian? Ah? Wow, I never imagined he, he's a Christian. <laughs> you know, we, we, if we want to be missional, we really need to reflect God to our family, to each other, especially in the marketplace. You know, Jesus said in uh, John chapter 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. Because Jesus and the Father are one. And then he said, we are one with him, even as he and the Father are one. And in John 14, verse 9, Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Wow, isn't it beautiful if, if uh, each time a father steps into the family, steps into the house, your children say, Daddy, wow, God comes home. Isn't it wonderful? You are an image of the Father God. Or a husband walk into the house and the wife say, wow, it's like Jesus walking into the house. As Christ loved the church, you shall love your wife, right? Can you imagine the wife say, wow, it's like Jesus walking into the house. Can you imagine if in the family, all of us reflect Christ to each other? I can tell you that will be a missional family. You don't even need to preach the gospel. You just need to show people how you live your life, how you do your marriage, how you do parenting, how you honour your parents. You know, this is my second last slide. Missional relationships. John chapter 13, verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You know, it's like, don't even need to talk about the gospel. 
we just need to live the gospel by loving each other. And of course, it's not just about biological families. What about the church family? Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That would be a missional church. Lastly, let us restore and strengthen our relationship with God and with each other at home. And let us build missional relationships in our marriage, in our family, and of course, in our church. Let me pray for you. Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, that to you, a missional family is one that loves one another so that the world will know that we are your disciples. And I pray that wherever and whoever is watching this, all over Singapore, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you will just step into the house, step into the room. And if uh, you are watching this as a family, couple or parent and children, hold hands. Why don't you just hold hands even as I pray over you? Father, I pray that all the, 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 the bonds will be strengthened. Relationship will be restored. Relationships will be strengthened. So every family watching this message will become a missional family in the days to come. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.